Alrighty. Hi guys, and welcome to another episode of Core Conversations, Pathways to Success. My name is Sydney Lambert. I'm a Core Employment Specialist with Hub3. I serve Mercer, McDowell, Fayette, Raleigh, and Wyoming counties. And I'm here with Yvette Barrett and Tina Ramirez. Hello guys, um, I'm Yvette. I'm also the Core Employment Specialist and I cover Hub1, which is Cabell, Wayne, and Lincoln County. Good morning. I'm Tina Ramirez, and I'm the director for Great Rivers Regional System for Addiction Care. Awesome. We're super excited to have you, Tina. I'm, I'm excited to see what all you have to say, and I'm excited to hear about or hear these rapid fire question answers, because Yvette has some good ones. <laughs> yes. yes. <laughs> um, so what's your favorite weird food combination? Well, uh, my husband is Filipino. So a lot of the dishes that are traditional um, are kind of weird to some folks. So um, they have a dish called Dini Guan, which is more like a blood pudding kind of soup thing. So it has to be cooked just right. Um, but that's one of the, the things that, you know, that we've, I've grown to love over the 30 some years that we've been together. That's, that's really pretty cool. awesome. Yeah, I actually had a previous coworker who's Filipino and she made me some really good food like mango flow. I love that because mm -hmm. I love mango. And then um, also lumpia. Lumpia, oh, yes, lumpia. I can make that. So we'll have to get together. And, oh uh, yes, definitely. Together. Tell me when and where, <laughs> I'll be there. <laughs> yes, yes. Meet the people you guys are meeting. <laughs> yeah, good food. How about you, Sydney? Uh, well, I mean, as my husband kind of flinched at me because I ate pickles with a peanut butter sandwich, not like on the peanut butter sandwich because I'm not crazy, but like I had a hankering for pickles and he was like, I'm sorry, like that's <laughs> terrifying. And I mean, I, to be honest, I brought the food with me. I was like, that's going to be a great snack at work. So I just have a can of, or a jar of Vlasic pickles sitting next to me. <laughs> well, mine's is, um, I like roast beef, plain roast beef sandwiches with mango. I like eat it with I don't know. I know. Look, Sydney, don't give me that look. Okay, don't come for me. No, I have no doubt it's it, like it tastes great, but that's so wild. Yeah, it's really good. I don't know. I just had it on campus once. I was eating roast beef and I was like, you know what? I want some fruit. So I was like, let me eat some mango with it. It just tasted really good. I didn't put it on like the, the roast beef sandwich, but I yeah. just ate it back and forth. So that actually sounds pretty good right now, too. <laughs> No, I will, I will say that my weirdest one actually is when I eat steak, I will mix the A1 and the ketchup together and I cannot tell you why. Mm -hmm. I, like, I have no idea where it came from. I think my sister taught, taught me how to do it. Then I've carried it into adulthood and I can't get rid of it. <laughs> so you have me mixing it at any steakhouse I go to. <laughs> A steak sauce with mashed potatoes is good too. Always mix that together, so... Look, guys, I'm getting hungry. I'm going to have to move to the next question. <laughs> so, um, so do you prefer coffee or tea? Really neither. Yeah. Yeah. I'm a big diet Pepsi and water fan, but I don't know. I've never, ever, ever liked coffee. Mm -hmm. um, tea, like if I have a sore throat or something, I'll drink hot tea, but just not my thing. Hey, I don't like coffee either, so I'm not mm -hmm. a big fan. <laughs> I don't know if I can stay on this episode any longer. <laughs> I, my, one of the women I go to church with made a French press, like, or got me a French press. And like, there may not be any other cultured, cool thing that I do in my life 
and we may not have painted anything or done anything cool with the house, but I'll be daggone if we don't uh, make our coffee with a French press. And that mm-hmm. the stuff so strong. Like there's so much creamer that's necessary. Yeah, my husband has a French press and there is a whole ritual. Like he's Googled it and like there's a certain time limit or it's going to get bitter. And yeah, so that's a whole ritual in our house too. I like the smell of it, but I've never liked the taste of it. I'll be honest. I think I developed it out of like necessity, like college ruined everything. So in order to function, (laughs) there's just like copious amounts of caffeine. (laughs) Yeah, I'm with her with water too. And I like drinking a, a ton of water. I love water. I'm so picky with water too. Like if I get um, different water from like different water bottles, I know like the difference. <laughs> I'm like, oh, I don't like it. <laughs> definitely. And for the last question, rapid fire question, it's um, what do you do to unwind after work? So we walk a lot or go to the Y when it's cold. So, um, you know, I have a good friend. She is an accountant, so she really isn't available during tax season. But anytime it's warm, we try to do usually about a 5K at least three times a week. So that's what we, we enjoyed. And it's therapeutic, too, because we just talk and talk and talk. And it's funny because during COVID, um, my husband was home. And one of the things he did, he runs all the time. So when he joined our walking group, I'm like, you can go ahead and run. Because usually the conversations are about our husbands, right? So I'm like, I've got therapy to go to. You run. I'll catch up with you later. So uh, we, we like to walk a lot. That's really cool. I, I, I was talking to Yvette earlier uh, for my thing that I unwind with. Recently, I got back into reading and it's like caused a schedule change for me. Like I was up until 2 a.m. this morning and I was like, you've got to put this down. <laughs> this, is, this is unhealthy. <laughs> what about you, Yvette? Um, I like to walk. Yeah, afterward, I like to walk anywhere and everywhere. I'm trying to see it about starting to jog again, but that's going to take a a while to start that so I'm just gonna walk maybe speed walk maybe skip a little and then start jogging (laughs) yeah yeah yeah. and it's totally different walking on a treadmill versus outside Mm -hmm. and like you know my kids are in their 20s so when they were in elementary school we started walking and never had issues with dogs so recently probably within the last year myself and my walking partner have both been bitten by dogs so that's something new like we have to carry our pepper spray and yeah, so it's, it's just crazy. So yeah, but outside's so much, so much more therapeutic to walk in. When you're not getting bitten by a dog, I imagine. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, and we're on the lookout. Well, I'm like, okay, we're coming around the corner where they are. Everybody get ready. Because it was a sneak attack, you know. And it was right after the owner said, oh, they won't bother you. It was a little bitty one. And oh, it was not a good thing that day. So every time mm. I go up to that neighborhood, I'm like, you better keep that little one in, you know, because I got my pepper spray this time, so. Because you're going to need to bath him after this. Exactly. It's on. I'm not playing good guy anymore. <laughs> We're done. Your chances are gone. Exactly. Okay. Well, that wraps up the rapid fire questions for me. That I love it. Good. Interesting. Uh, here, new things about Tina. So I enjoyed that for sure. Oh, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Hopefully people hearing this will not come for us for our weird food combinations. I think they're pretty good together. So, <laughs> Actually, speaking of you being outside, Tina, I think the first time I ever met you was on a Zoom call, uh, 2021, and you were outside. I think you had a dog or a boxer. Oh, yeah, that's Django. Yes. That was just yes. running around and you were like, dude. <laughs> yeah. 
Yeah. Yeah. He's a hot mess. He is one now, a little over one, I guess, and like 55 pounds. So he's not huge, but like we have to, if we're outside, it's funny because when he was little, you could keep him in on the deck, right? With a mm-hmm. gate. So now I have to rig it where I have a lawn chair, but like he can clear it. And now once he jumps out, he's like, oh, you're here. Jumps back over the fence. And I'm like, I don't even know why I bother. So, but yeah, it was, it was nice to be outside, but yeah, he's just a big baby. So. Oh, I love it. But I don't know if we ever mentioned it, but Tina is with Great Rivers and that's going to be part of what we're going to talk about today. Um, So Tina, tell us about some of the services that you guys offer. Yes, so this is a project that's in its fourth year. It's uh, sponsored by the Merck Foundation. Uh, First time ever that this foundation sponsored a systems integration grant. So it really um, came about because we knew that a lot of the issues with SUD and drug trafficking were happening, you know, along, um, you know, the corridor here of 64. So um, they got together and started talking with this foundation about what can we do to help integrate Kanawha, Putnam, Cabell, and Jackson counties. So um, it's, it's really neat how it's evolved because really there's six main kind of legs to the project. We really don't provide any direct service. So like I was talking earlier, I feel like I'm a librarian a lot of the times um, because we have a prevention education piece. So we go into the community, educate folks, any, really anyone, uh, about substance use disorder and treatment services and those sort of things. Um, we work with PROACT there in Huntington, uh, which is your one-stop shop, which is where you guys are located, um, to be able to come in and help folks who are interested in you know, uh, having group therapy, getting the CMAT, you know, individual therapy, those sort of things. We work with the hospital systems. Uh, it's called Project Engage. So um, in all these counties, if you come in to have a baby, if you came in a car wreck, or if you're having surgery, there's a screening process as soon as you come into the hospital. And it asks, you know, the, the patients, do you have a substance use disorder? And without that substance, do you go into withdrawal? Um, the idea behind this is that we were having a lot of folks leave against medical advice who may have come in for valve replacement, but the you know, doctors didn't know that they were also um, substance use disorder. And so they went into withdrawal and the withdrawal was so strong that they left against medical advice and didn't get their heart valve, for instance, was repaired. So with Project Engage, um, an alert has sent out in their medical records. They have a peer recovery support specialist come bedside. There's a special team that will come and help address that um, withdrawal and get your medical you know, issue taken place. Um, so that was a huge step for us because we were having you know, grandma or, you know, mom in the hospital for surgery. And then all of a sudden they may find her overdose in the bathroom and have no clue what had happened. And somebody was bringing in their drug of choice in a pizza box or whatever. And so this has really helped also give the staff um, some hope. Like we're not just going to, you know, have, you know, Mary, cause she's a difficult patient. She's going through withdrawal. What can we do? Um, then they follow them when they leave. So that might be linking them up to core, you know, for employment or getting them into, Proact for treatment. So but that's a really neat thing that came out of this project. Um, and then it's like reverse the cycle is another thing that they're doing kind of the same um, that will take, you know, project engage in the field. Um, we work with quick response teams. So we have five different quick response teams throughout these counties. Um, each county has one except Kanawha has two. So um, they have a city of Charleston and a Kanawha County one. And that is the group that responds to overdoses. So 
Um, you know, some of the teams go out every single day, some go out half a half a day a week and goes to the location where the person's overdose to say, hey, Yvette, I know you had an overdose on Saturday. We are here to help you, whatever that looks like, whether that's food, housing, transportation, treatment, those sort of things. Um, and then they follow that client for a month um, and either they, the hopes are to get into treatment or um, you know, to find whatever services they need. Um, we also work to get Narcan into the community. So we help coordinate uh, a lot of that with the University of Charleston School of Pharmacy to have community groups, you know, quick response teams. Proact's going to be getting a shipment of, of Narcan um, to make sure that anybody that needs it, whether you're a family member or someone in active addiction, will have that Narcan um, available. So, um, and then we work with harm reduction programs. So a lot of groups do harm reduction. Um, surrounding substance use disorder. So whether that's screening for HIV and Hep C, uh, providing long-acting reversible contraceptives, but we also work with the syringe service programs. So in these four counties, we have two programs, uh, one in Charleston through West Virginia Health Right, and then one in Cabell County through the Health Department. So those programs are a point of contact for someone who chooses um, to continue to use IV drugs and provides clean equipment for them, uh, really focused on cutting down on hepatitis and HIV, which is really what this entire grant is all about. All the services that we can do to help prevent the spread of hepatitis and HIV. So luckily we have seen a decrease in that throughout the state and uh, we hope to continue the efforts and keep that going down. That's awesome. So like, so when you said you're like a librarian, you were just a wealth of knowledge with your hand in several different cookie jars. Exactly. Yeah. They call me for some stuff and I'm like, I don't know, but I know who can help you. So yeah. Uh, one of the colleges I went to, I think it was West Virginia Wesleyan, um, they had on their library wall that there are two kinds of knowledge, knowing the information and then knowing where to get it. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And I always enjoy getting your the emails with the um, Great Rivers newsletter with all the resources and stuff. It's awesome. It's awesome. Yeah. Very informative. So I do. Yeah. Agree. And that's one of the things that, um, you know, before we started, like Yvette could be doing something, Sydney could be doing something, literally a block away, and nobody was talking. So there was even just within little town. So to have all these four counties realizing that we all play a role in this and to link them together, it's, it's been very rewarding. And then I help manage um, quick response teams in Wayne, Mason, and Putnam. So those other counties have been even more remote than what we're doing with these four counties. So getting everybody to talk together and then being able to work with Cabell quick response team to get information to the other teams without having to reinvent the wheel. It's, it's been a really, really cool project. I bet it's really cool to see all the pieces fall together too. Absolutely. Do you have any, oh, sorry, Yvette, do you have any questions? Oh, yes. So I just want to know, like, how did you end up in your position, Great Rivers? Yeah, so I um, went to WVU and graduated with a biology degree and uh, immediately went into medical sales. So that's where I kind of started getting into the public health arena. Um, I, I sold equipment for people who had bed sores or to prevent them from bed sore, you know, getting those and worked a lot with the health departments and those type of physicians. So um, from there, I went and uh, started with the Canal Charleston Health Department. So I was there for several years running their syringe service program and doing prevention outreach. I did diabetes education, that sort of thing. So when that program um, was in effect, Great Rivers was just getting started, a very small group, and we didn't have funding for it. So 
Um, once that syringe service program went away, that's when I realized this is what I want to do. Like, I really want to work with that substance use population and help any way I can. So um, I started looking around. And so when, when the funding came through, uh, Bob Hansen was the one kind of, you know, helping to lead up Great Rivers and Deb Keister. And so I was like, okay, I'm going to go for it. You know, and initially I thought, well, I'll do prevention education. And they were like, no, we want you as the director. So it was a little overwhelming to begin with, because I'm like, I've managed tons of people before, but not in this arena, you know, and um, so I applied and, and I've been doing it. And then we're going to expand efforts, you know, the this funding uh, for Merck will eventually, you know, go away and then we will have, will fall under Marshall Health. Um, I am happy to say that a lot of the legs of the grant, uh, you know, other people throughout these counties in the state are doing that. So we're going to support those efforts and uh, to continue to carry out the mission of Great Rivers. Hot dog. But so uh, you brought up a good point, which is going to bring us to our next thing. Uh, Tina mentioned that she's, you're the director, right? Yes. All right, well, she gets to be the first person to do one of our core power-ups. Um, so Tina, what uh, soft skill is important to you? I, I think the most important with this position is leadership. And you know, I learned so much, you know, you thought you knew a lot until you started getting out there and actually talking to folks. And I, I think it's interesting because you know, I work with people who are still in active addiction, all the way up to CEOs and presidents, you know, of the, of the big uh, foundations and uh, hospitals. So I think being able to really listen to what the needs are and to realize what is on paper isn't always what's best in the real world. So being able to take those clients and employees as well, and, you know, something I think is very interesting that I've learned is a lot of folks um, who are in recovery sometimes have like the, the kind of stay almost in, in some aspects almost where the age where they started use so something that may not be uh, an emergency for me and I might see it as a small issue is a huge obstacle for them so I think really being able to listen meet them where they are, understand what their frustrations are and how to lead them in the proper way versus saying, oh, that's not a big ordeal. This is a big ordeal. Um, I think that's one of the best things because you really have to deal with tons and tons of different types of folks and know the dynamics that are involved and everything. So I think I've really honed in on leadership skills with this position. That's awesome. So, so from, what I, from what I heard you say, so like active listening clearly, as part of leadership, um, treating the people individually and not like they're not like everyone's the same. Uh, and as you were saying it, I was writing it down, being able to meet someone where they are. Yes. Um, so what kind of, would you have any kind of advice from an employer's perspective on leadership and or leadership skills and maybe how to grow them? I think the biggest thing I've learned is flexibility. Um, you know, in past positions, looking back now, when we were managing, you know, absenteeism, for instance, or um, people being late, like there's always a reason, you know what I mean? And, and I look back and realize how many people with, the, you know, previously before I was even with the health department and other jobs that I had, that we let go 
for the most minute thing. If we and we need and they need to support more than just losing a job. So I think that's the one thing to realize that you know their therapy is super important. Um, you know the appointments that they have, the physicians' visits, um, and, and and I also think a lot of people need to realize that these people are not just SUD folks. This is just a small part of what they deal with every single day. Um, so I think really understanding the person and having a game plan. And if there are issues, you know, on the job, you know, instead of just having a cookie cutter plan, like if you are one minute late, you're out of here, like really learning what happened, how can you make it better? What support do you need? Um, and I think your employees will really, really appreciate that. And you'll have more dedicated, you know, folks that want to work harder for you if you have some flexibility and understand where they come from. Um, maybe flexibility in hours if they need to take an hour or two here or there to go do their treatment to make them a better person. I think that's one of the main things that we've learned. You have given some of the most intricate and like helpful answers. This is good. I'm speechless. Like there, there's no way to follow that up that even makes sense or works. Because we've, I, in one of our previous episodes, we had a person who their employer let them do that. So let them go and take that time to do their therapy, to go see their sponsor, to go talk to their peer recovery coach. And it's so vital when you have that understanding. I mean, as an employee, or even from an employee's perspective, like it's so vital when you have that understanding between you and your um, boss or you and your supervisor or your coordinator and being able to have that like healthy relationship to be like, hey, so I see like maybe your case notes aren't where they need to be. And being able to have that conversation it's really cool hearing it from like another employer's perspective. What do you look for in it? Like, so if you're looking specifically for someone with those, with leadership skills, what do you look for in them? So like what aspects of it, I guess, is a better way to explain that. Yeah, I think compassion really comes into play. Um, and, and I think really, I know it's tough, you know, uh, with COVID and having to do things over Zoom, but really meeting with, you know, your employees one-on-one -on -one and um, talking to them and seeing what the issues are. And, you know, a lot of folks interview very well, um, but may not be the best suit for the job. Um, so finding out also the obstacles that they have, like if you know right off the bat that you have an issue with transportation or, you know, you need other things outside of the job. I think, you know, a lot of groups that we meet with, um, you know, even food insecurity is an issue. So if you know that up front and it's just kind of like part of your packet, you know, here's a transportation option if you need it. Here's where the food banks are, blessing boxes. Here's a food thing. Um, if you know that they need, you know, some help with childcare. So like to have it to where they're not singled out, but to even be part of your uh, orientation packet, you know, and then let them know, hey, they really care about me. They're, I'm not just a number and a name here working nine to five. I'm really here as a team member. So I think that's very, very important if you can have that stuff up front. And, and like you said, you don't have to know every single thing that's out there, but you do need to kind of know the community and what's you know needed and how to link them into other services. That's really awesome. That's one of the things that um, really appealed to me in this job was the fact that like two of the counties that I served, one I grew up in and the other one I went to uh, college in. So being able to be like, okay, I know at least I've got at least two out of the five. <laughs> I've got a leg up. Um, yeah. 
But I'll be honest, Dina, I think that's all we have. Do you have any questions for us? No, I just, I really enjoy um, being able to call any of you and say, hey, you know, Charlotte's looking for a job in this area, who should we refer them to? Or, you know, I try to make sure I tag anything that I see come across on Facebook in case it's an interest, you know, to any of your clients. And, and it's really all about not being afraid to ask, you know, and then get those partners set up to where I know, hey, um, you know, if somebody needs help with clothing for an interview, I can call Cora and say, hey, who should I link them up to, you know? So I think keeping the communication open um, just with all the resources and not being afraid to ask versus just telling your employee, I have no clue how to help you. Like find that out and you invest in that person and then you're going to get a huge you know, return on investment with that. Absolutely. Well, do you have any information or events that you want to plug in the end? Um, you know, really, if anyone wants to know uh, all the things that are going on with Great Rivers, we have a Facebook page. I think that's easiest. And then I try to push out every information that I get from the different groups. Um, and then we put out a newsletter and everything. So if anyone's interested in finding out more or getting involved more with Great Rivers, um, we meet via Zoom currently the third Thursday of every month at nine o'clock. So anyone can email me through Facebook. And, um, you know, we can get you enlisted in everything we do. Awesome. Well, I believe that wraps us up. This has been another episode of Core Conversations, Pathways to Success. Thank you, Tina, so much for being with us. We appreciate it. We appreciate all your insightful answers, even the ones that absolutely left us speechless. Um, Thank you. If you guys want to uh, check out our Facebook page, we're on Facebook as uh, Core Creating Opportunities for Recovery Employment. But that's all we have. You guys have a wonderful day. Thank you for having me. Thanks for listening to this episode of Core Conversations, Pathways to Success. If you would like to connect with Core, you can find us on Facebook at Creating Opportunities for Recovery Employment or email us at corewv at marshall.edu. That's C-O-R-E-W-V at marshall.edu. Please join us for our future episodes that will be released the second Wednesday of every month. Thank you. We hope you have a great day.